week on Paranormally Speaking. Welcome to a new episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. Sit back, enjoy the rest of your 27 minutes and something, um, because I hope to have your undivided attention. I'll be discussing a few things today. Is Loch Ness Monster dead, for example? The fact that the church needs more exorcists. Oddly enough, there's a shortage on exorcists. Uh, also included in this episode is a small segment from my appearance, a regular appearance at this point, on the Loper and Randy in the Morning Show on 99.7 The Blitz, as well as me discussing the mystery of the 12th planet. Could this be the remains of the ever-elusive Loch Ness Monster? Speculation that mystery skeleton washed up on beach during storm, Ciara, is the Loch Ness Monster. A gigantic skeleton washed up on an Aberdeenshire beach during a storm and has prompted online speculation over what it could be, including suggesting that it might be Nessie. A photograph of the carcass was posted on social media in the wake of the storm, Ciara, which brought strong wind gusts to the whole of the UK. Hundreds of people have joined in the debate about what this mystery object might be via the community group. Fubar News suggestions, including that the skeleton is of a whale, while other ideas included a saltwater crocodile and the vertebrae of a brontosaurus or a diplodocus. Other contributors joining in the fun reckoned it was rarely seen a deep sea haggis or a Chinese New Year dragon. Various people suggested that it was Nessie. Brian Ingram said Nessie escaped to the sea, but then came to a sticky end. Emma Louise Bolin had a similar view. Nessie could not have adapted to salt water, she said. This picture was posted on FUBAR News, which is available through facebook.com slash FUBAR News slash photos. Related articles were first recorded. Nessie sighting of 2020. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. The mystery of the 12th planet. Are we the sons and daughters of space beings? Bible scholar Zachariah Sitchin has a most unusual theory about the origin of mankind. Using the original Hebrew version of the Old Testament and translations of Sumerian, the author has traced the origins of civilization to the Nephilim, the sons of the deities mentioned in the book of Genesis, as having been cast down onto the planet before the great flood. From... A twelfth as of yet undiscovered planet in our solar system, the Nephilim came to Earth in search of minerals, according to the author. As a result of their journey came humankind. To this day, we do not know who the Sumerians were, even though we owe all of our trappings of civilization to these ancient people. Everything from architecture to medicine. Sitchin believes that he has the answer in his book, The Twelfth Planet. Of all the numbers... The author points out 12 seem to be held sacred by ancient people. For example, the Egyptian god Ra presided over 12 other gods. 
and there were twelve tribes of Israel, and twelve apostles of Jesus, not to mention twelve Greek titans. No coincidence, says Sitchin, who uh, goes on to say that traditions dating back to ancient Sumerians, he claims. The Sumerians claimed our solar system was made up of a sun and eleven planets. If you count the Earth's moon and another planet since destroyed, on the twelfth planet, far into the space lived the Nephilim. The twelfth planet was known as Murduk, and it passes between Mars and Jupiter on its orbit around the sun every 3,600 years, according to the author. The symbol for Marduk was a winged globe, which became crucial to the beliefs and astronomy of the ancient world. The pictographic sign for the twelfth planet became the cross, which referred to it as the planet of crossing. Sitchin believes Marduk is a comet. Sitchin also believes the evolution of humankind was aided along the way by the Nephilim and passed through three stages. The Mesolithic period, about 11,000 BC, the pottery phase of 7,400 BC, and the emergence of Sumeria in 3,800 BC. Each of these periods is separated by 3,600 years, coinciding with the appearance of Marduk and the Nephilim. The author believes the cycle would explain the references in Genesis chapter 6 about the Great Flood. In the biblical account, 120 years is referred to as the lifespan granted mankind. Sension reinterprets this to mean 120 shar, a shar being 3,600 years. That means 432,000 earth years have passed between the Nephilim's first landing here and the flood at that time. Sitchin contends the Nephilim landed on earth in search of minerals, particularly gold. The major rivers of the world were probably Nephilim bases, he added. Somewhere on the path of evolution, these beings created humankind, according to Sitchin. Nephilim came to be known among humans as the people of Shem, a Shem being a rocket or a spacecraft, Zugarats consisting of seven stages sloping upward into a pyramid-like form, about 300 feet high, seemed designed to accommodate spacecraft as a sort of launch tower. Symbolically, in Sumerian religious beliefs, they served as the connecting link between the gods and the mortals on earth. Interestingly, in support of this, the author points to the biblical account of the Tower of Babel. Babylon literally meant gateway to the gods, so humans may have attempted to erect a Shem of their own, first building the launch tower to the high heaven. If Sitchin is correct in assuming the Nephilim were the gods of whom we owe our existence, and humankind will one day discover the twelfth planet, the author asks one last mind-boggling question. Did evolution alone on the 12th planet really create the Nephilim? This next story is unbelievable. When I saw the video footage of this, I could not believe what I was seeing. I had to watch it over and over again. A UFO bigger than Earth flying past the sun was spotted by NASA's observation mission. The development comes weeks after a camera at the International Space Station spotted an unknown cone-like object that was flying upward. 
NASA's stereo observation mission has spotted what fans of conspiracy theories said is a gigantic UFO flying past the sun. The incident itself occurred on the 29th of February, but the footage of it has posted just recently on the channel Hidden Underbelly 2.0, dedicated to the mysteries, events, and sightings. According to the host, Stereo's camera filmed the humongous object for four seconds, after which it turned off and began working only after the UFO had passed completely out of sight. This humongous object appears to be bigger than Mercury. It appears to be bigger than Venus. And it appears to be bigger than our own planet Earth. If you can tell this thing doesn't look like our space station in no way. It doesn't look like any satellite than any expert who has analyzed this video has ever seen. To be honest, when I first saw the footage, I thought of Ezekiel's wheel. If you're familiar with the story of Ezekiel seeing a giant wheel in the sky, at that time in human history, if you see a craft in the sky, some kind of an unidentified flying object, uh, the point of technology in that area and that realm was equivalent to the size and shape of a wheel. They didn't have saucers. They didn't have disks. They only had things that normally are in the sky to compare it to, which would be a bird. But to see a wheel in the sky kind of blew Ezekiel's mind, which is why that story is so significant. The host of the Hidden Underbelly refers to to a saying in the book of Ezekiel where the prophet spoke about a flying chariot or described as a wheel, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. NASA has not yet issued a response to this encounter, but the video footage is available and it is connected to the space station observation. And it is out there. You've just got to look for this. Google UFO bigger than Earth on Google search, and you'll be able to find this and see it for yourself. It is truly mind-blowing. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first-ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. We're bump in the night. And some of the things that go bump in the night, our buddy Neil Parks from Circleville. Or, I'm sorry, from Chillicothe was here uh, just about a week ago. And in over the last couple of years, he's, he's given us, like, the lowdown on some serious haunted areas and, and different mythological creatures that people are talking about. So, uh, by popular demand, I wanted to play a couple of these. And uh, here's Neil. Play cut two here, Rick. Uh, this is Neil telling a story about the Hillsborough mass murderer. Check this out. Well, there's allegedly a guy in uh, the Hillsborough area who was yeah. said to have killed 30-something people. And on his birthday every year, he reveals another victim. And that's what's keeping him out of solitary confinement. And allegedly, the sheriff's department in that area is keeping him in the jail itself, not in actual... Uh, 
populated prison because he's worked out a deal to where on his birthday he release, releases the name of a new victim. And his property is said to be haunted by at least 17 victims. That, and he owned a uh, auto body shop, like a garage. And he was killing these people and burying them on the property of the garage and throughout different parts of, of the region. This supposedly happened in the 80s, and he's still alive, and they're keeping him in the county, uh, the sheriff's jail cell, essentially the prison there, not within uh, the regular now? population currently, yeah. That's the story I've heard. <laughs> I'd like, can we call them and say, hey, is so-and-so there? Because I'd like to interview? find out what's going on, man. <laughs> yeah, why is that guy not in prison? Yeah. So that's the story of the Hillsboro mass murderer. Oh, okay. And this is our buddy Neil Parks. What'd you say, Rick? Cut three? One or three. Either one. All right, so yeah. this is uh, talking about the Moonville Tunnel here in Ohio. Check this out. Uh, the Moonville Tunnel. Uh, there are two places you can go in particular to get directions. I suggest getting directions to it online. It's a lot better. But there's one gas station. Uh, it's not open anymore, but back in the day when I would go there frequently, it was a Ma and Pa gas station that was very reminiscent of um, Captain Spaulding. When oh, would go my there, God. So. Oh, oh, rest in peace, by you, the way. Yeah, yeah I miss it. And, and uh You'd go, get directions, and he'd be like, oh, there's a rusted bus down to the right, and then you got to take a left at the old tree that's been burnt out, and there's a dead bird in there. It was kind of like, <laughs> get directions like that. Sure. But the legit gas station that is there and operates frequently, they give really good directions. In fact, they have uh, little maps there you can take for free, and it'll give you directions on how to get uh, to that area. I believe the name of the road starts with an R. God, I can't remember now. Uh, I never actually drove there myself. I always ride with people because I have terrible night vision. So uh, they normally drive at night. And when you go to this area, it's a tunnel that's been graffitied uh, out the wazoo. There's spray paint everywhere. Of course, people are putting um, spray paint and writing Hail Satan, but they spell it Satin. So <laughs> Hail Satin, I, I, does I guess. does not have the same yeah, effect, not. guys. I like Satin. Yeah, yeah Hail Satin. Hail so, Satin, me too. It's so soft. <laughs> yeah. So you've got that and all these inverted crosses, just people screwing around, and then you've got local folks saying, oh, Satanists are up there meeting, but that's not So it's kind of like the Mothman thing. Yeah. In that all, area. Like, a lot of local lore. Virginia. And there's a ghost of a lantern man that Ooh. walks up and down the tunnel who died on the train track. He is said to be headless. Mm. Gotta have my lantern man headless. headless. Lantern man. All right, there you go. Neil Parks, one of our buddies that is a specialist when it comes to things that are all things paranormal in the state of Ohio and some mythological creatures when it comes to Bigfoot and things like that. We'll uh, hear from him uh, tomorrow. Talk about Bigfoot a little bit as we get closer and closer to Halloween. Next. Now I got some interesting pieces of fan mail, mainly questions from people, listeners like you. Uh, one of them is coming from an individual um, out of Texas asking me, uh, Mr. Neil Parks, have you ever encountered an Egyptian or a Greek or Roman ghost? Unfortunately, um, Mr. Texas, I have not. I've not been to Egypt I've not been fortunate enough to hit that region or anywhere around um, Greece or Rome. That would be my idea of where you would encounter spirits of that nature, that culture. Uh, unless, say, like the Smithsonian Institute that has artifacts and relics from that area. The same with any museum, uh, such as in New York City. 
chances are there might be some kind of attachment from that culture that could be spiritual, but I've not been fortunate enough to encounter it. Another question comes from Molly out of Boston, Massachusetts. She's asking me, we moved into a new home, Neil, and since making some renovations, just adding some shelves, painting some walls, moving a window, and uh, planning on adding a sun porch in the back, strange things have been happening in the house. Um, we have a three-year-old who has been interacting with what a child that they say lives in the closet and did some digging on the history of the home and found out that there was a pond that was behind the house at one point that they've since drained and covered over that a uh, six-year-old child had drowned in that pond that lived in the house originally and the room that my child now has is the room this child once had and that's uh, based on the description of what my child has given me in regards to the other child that I can't see but they are playing with and interacting with matches the description of the child who died from drowning on the property. What should I do? Uh, at this point, it doesn't appear to be any kind of a threat um, based on just interacting with that. If it is um, residual, then that's perfectly normal, perfectly fine, absolutely harmless. If it's something that is non-human and manifesting itself and appearing as a child to toy with and manipulate your child and your family, then that could be dangerous. Only time will tell. Um, either the child, your kid, will grow out of interacting with this uh, once that extra gland closes over. So many of us uh, of the human population percentage-wise loses the ability to interact through a natural sixth sense because of the what we know as the third eye, the gland, that is attached to your cerebral cortex closes over with age and then there's no longer any kind of an interaction with the spirit world or the ability to see things that you can't physically see but are there metaphysically. Only time will tell, but if it begins to show any signs of aggression or if your child is actually being hurt by this thing, then you definitely want to seek a paranormal investigation team, a research team, that is tied deeply in, uh, into a church or faith to where you could use either a um, rabbi or a priest or a, a Christian minister to eradicate negative energy. If that becomes the case, that, that would be wise. The next question comes from Mark out of Florida. He's telling me about a time that he and some friends went camping in Tennessee and encountered what appeared to be a uh, giant dog bear creature. He's asking me if there have ever been any werewolf sightings or reports, that is, in Tennessee, in this area, um, outside of the mountains, close to, he says it's a PGA golf course on the other side of the mountain. But in this region he was camping in, he encountered, he and his friends encountered some strange dog bear type creature. Now I can tell you Mark that the dog man has always been described as some sort of a strange hybrid bear dog looking thing. Uh, not quite a werewolf, not anywhere near as big as a bear, but it does have uh, strong 
stalky arms and stands upright and has backwards bending legs like a dog or a standard animal where their knees are essentially on the back of their leg. And they do have that appearance and they stand upright, but they hunch over and they can run on all fours at the same time as well as running on the back legs. Uh, if that is what you, in fact, encountered, chances are you saw a dogman. Now, as far as dogman reports in Tennessee, I've not come across any, nor have any of the other people that I've collaborated with and other research teams I've worked with in the past. Have they ever written about, talked about, or encountered a dogman in Tennessee? It's something to definitely flag and keep a close eye on because you may not be the only one encountering this type of creature. I'd like to thank all of my fans and people listening who will hopefully become fans of the show for sending in your questions. I take those anytime. You can send emails and questions to parksparanormal at gmail.com. That's parksparanormal at gmail.com. And you can always get on YouTube or Facebook and type in keywords under search at the Neil Parks. And my YouTube channel is under Parks Paranormal. You can always find it, of course, through Google or go on YouTube and put in at the Neil Parks and you will find my channel. And I would be happy to answer any questions you have, give you some advice or fair warning. I uh, Thank you so much for the fan mail, the questions, the letters. Keep them coming, people. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. You pay just 30 bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to 4 slash good. That's right, free, zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face -face conversations to get your prescription. Hims connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. Hims makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to Hims, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4hims.com slash good. That's 4hims.com slash good for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash good. Family is big around here. We're family owned, family operated, family managed. And that means legacy. That means dependability. That means using Granger. With over 1.5 million products and knowledgeable product experts, Granger has whatever we need. And with same day pickup and next day delivery options, they have it whenever we need it. For over 90 years, businesses like ours have trusted Granger. Because, like family, Granger's got our back. Call, clickgranger.com, or stop by to see for yourself. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Excuse me, Captain. This is your wake-up call from the new track home wireless. Uh, what's that now? What if you had to fly this plane? Well, there appears to be a shortage of exorcists within the Catholic Church. Uh, in fact, there was a recent calling from priests on the Catholic Church to appoint more exorcists. Father Pat Collins told the Irish Catholic newspaper demand for exorcism services had risen exponentially in recent years. A renowned Irish exorcist and priest has called on the Catholic Church to appoint more exorcists. Father Pat Collins, Dublin-based priest, said the church needed at least one trained exorcist for each diocese as he gets messages daily from people looking for his help. The priest said the Catholic Church was out of touch with reality 
as they are sending sufferers of possession to psychologists instead of performing rituals. Father Collins told the Irish Catholic newspaper demand for exorcism services had risen in recent years. What I'm finding out desperately is people who, in their own minds, believe rightly or wrongly that they are being afflicted by an evil spirit, said Father Collins. I think in many cases, they wrongly think it. But when they turn to the church, the church doesn't know what to do with them, and they refer them on or either to a psychologist or somebody that they've heard of that is interested in this form of ministry. And they do fall between the cracks and are often not helped at all. The Catholic Communications Office has previously said the church did require that each Irish diocese have a trained exorcist, someone who knows how to distinguish the signs of demonic possession from those of mental or physical illnesses. In 2011, the Catholic Church warned that a surge of Satanism facilitated by the Internet had led to a sharp rise in the demand for exorcism, and a six-day conference was held on the subject, which took place in Rome, Italy. People have asked me so many times, Neil, how on earth can you believe in ghosts, believe in cryptozoological creatures such as Mothman, Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, Champ from Lake Champlain? How can you believe in alternate realities, parallel universes, UFOs, aliens from another world, another planet, and so many other unexplained things? And be a Christian at the same time. And my answer to that is simply, there is nothing more supernatural or paranormal than the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God in the flesh, God the creator, creator of a mega universe, multi-layered universe, whatever you want to call it. I mean, there's no way he told us everything. Uh, for us to know everything would be l us being like God, which he would never allow. And our feeble minds are not able to comprehend that level of knowledge. So that's what keeps me guessing. That's what keeps me researching. That is what keeps me looking into the unknown, my faith. And that's all the time we have this week. I hope you enjoyed the topic that I covered and the interesting stories I shared. Join me next week. Who knows what I'll have planned, but have a great weekend. Thank you for listening. Neil Parks, out. Mm -hmm.